0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. We started a brand new series last week, um, and it goes right along with the theme of our church, uh, next level we had a vision Sunday back in January and uh, we, we kind of had a whole Sunday service in January talking about what we want to do what we rejoice at what God did the year before and then we look forward to what God wants to do in our church and in our lives individually uh, in 2023 and our theme for the year was next level and you've seen it kind of all over the screen. And uh, we just finished going through the whole Gospel of John. It took us a year and a half to go through the Gospel of John, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, from John 1-1 all the way to John uh, chapter 21. And uh, we finished up uh, just last week. We had kind of the last message in in John, and it was paired with the first message um, in our new series that we started last week on just next-level living. Next-level living. How can we take um, our spiritual lives... To the next level. We should always be growing. I said last week, if we're not growing, we're dying. If we're not growing, we're dying. We should always be striving and resting in the grace of God to help us grow to be more like Him. And uh, last week, we kind of just started off the series um, by talking about what next level living is. What is next level living? And uh, then we're going to have just kind of a, a several month long series on just next level outreach, next level love. And today we're talking about next level vision. Uh, I wanted to share with you, so you kind of wondering what we're talking about here, what uh, next level living is uh, that we talked about last week. Next level living. What is next? What do you mean taking our lives to the next level? Next level living is doing whatever it takes to move forward and grow. It, it starts with not staying where we are at. See, the problem is with, with many of us, including myself, we get very comfortable with how we are. It kind of becomes our natural, just who we are, how we react, how we respond to situations in life. And we're just like, that's just who I am, right? We say, that's just, that's just my personality. That's just who I am. And we, we really get content with just staying where we're at as individuals. Uh, in our spiritual lives, obviously, you know, in, in our emotional health, in our mental. We just kind of are content with where we're at, and we really don't see any need for growth. Well, if there's, if there's ever a time when it's okay to be discontent it's with who we are we should always be striving to grow should we rest in, in who we are in Jesus Christ yes and we're going to get to that but i'm talking about kind of allowing all of our weaknesses and flaws and things that we know we have a problem with like anger and impatience and, and selfishness and saying well that's just who i am i don't need to grow that's just how what that's just who, how i was brought up how i am whatever we should never be content with that we should always be striving By the grace of God, doing whatever it takes to move forward and grow. And like I said last week, it's about following Jesus Christ. It's about him. Listen, I don't care how many self-help books I read or how many um, podcasts I listen to about being a good leader. If I'm not resting in the beautiful grace of Jesus Christ, I will never grow like I'm supposed to. I may have an outward look of growth and look like I have it all together, but if I am not uh, continually uh, cultivating a a strong relationship with Jesus Christ, recognizing my weakness, recognizing my sin, but being fully dependent upon him for grace and for help, if I'm not living that way, I can look like I'm growing, I can even uh, brag about it, but the truth is inside nothing's really changing. I need to follow Jesus Christ. And when you follow something, Okay, you know that old movie, my son's, favorite, my son's favorite movie is Peter Pan, the old Peter Pan. What's the song in it with all the lost boys? We're following the leader, the leader. When you follow something, you're being led to a destination. There's, there's always somewhere you're going to. If you're following someone uh, uh, driving, they're leading you to another place. And whenever you follow something, you're being led to a destination. So when we're following Jesus Christ, following the word of God and what it says and how it commands us to live for our own good, we are being led to a destination, a stronger relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're taking our spiritual lives and really in turn our lives in general because it all starts with our spiritual lives. And when, when that is in order and when that is our focus and when that is our main priority, strengthening our spiritual life through Jesus Christ, everything else will fall into place. We're taking our spiritual lives to the next Level through Christ. Our theme verse for the year was in Isaiah. When God says, for I'm about to do something new. I want to do something new. And he says, see, I've already begun. I'm already starting it. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. God is saying to us this morning, I want to do something in your life. I'm I'm doing something new in you. Do you not see it? He says, I've already begun everything you faced in life. Everything that's brought you to this point today, God has been working in you. So what does God want to do new in your life today? What is that something new that he has already begun working on in your life? Remember, church, God is always at work in our lives. Always at work in our lives, throughout our lives. Even when we don't know it even when we're not expecting even when we don't want him to he's in control he knows what's going on in our lives and he is trying to do something in you every trial every circumstance every blessing every boring day of life God is with us Pouring his grace onto us, trying to teach us something, uh, uh, trying to help us grow into the people that he created us to be. That is what God is doing. So what is that something new we're going to talk about today? We're going to be talking about today next level vision. Next level vision. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your grace in our lives. We thank you for being so good and so faithful to us. Help us, Lord. Help this message to speak to hearts this morning, to challenge hearts. Help me to say what I'm supposed to say, and not, nothing more, nothing less. Guide my words. Speak to hearts. If there's someone here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, would you help them to accept you and trust in you, place their faith in you this morning for their eternal salvation? And God, for the Christians here, for the believers here today that already know you and believe on you, would you help strengthen us? Give us that next-level vision. And please, Lord, help me to build a com- uh, to. to present these truths to your people today bless them in the name of Jesus I ask for your blessing on this message your precious name we pray amen amen my wife got me a awesome gift this year for Christmas and really it's for all the boys too but I I actually really like it too and um, we I come from a family that I grew up playing video games I love video games my kids love video games they're actually really good at them I don't even play against my kids anymore because I don't want to get beat and then I'll get upset, and, and I don't want to do that. So I say, you guys go ahead and play. I'm uh, doing something else because I don't want to lose. And uh, that's why I love having my dad in town because now I can finally beat him after all these years. And um, no, but he's not going to get that game that you beat me last night. I'm going to practice. I'm going to beat you online real bad. So I don't even now I'm going to be like I can't. I have no time, Dad. Sorry, I have no time if I'm working. You know, I'm just trying to help people reach people. Come on, that's what we're doing here, right? Um, no, but my wife got us something. Um, she surprised us. I was, we were going to get it for the boys, and then we couldn't find one. So I'm like, oh. So I, little I know she was kind of behind the scenes buying the special gift for, for all the boys, the biggest boy of all, too. And uh, what it was is something called a MetaQuest. It's, it's that VR, the virtual reality um, gaming systems that they sell. Um, I was going to bring it. I totally forgot it at the house. I knew I forgot something. But we have one. And what it is, it's, it's like this, this um, big white kind of box thing that you – you put it on your head and it kind of comes down over your eyes and kind of shields everything else. And there's screens on the inside, and um, there's all these games you can buy and, and and things you can watch. And it it immerses you into virtual reality. The virtual reality has been along, around for a long time. It's just gotten a lot better <laughs> in time. So there's all these games you can play and you have these two little joysticks that you hold in your hands. And if you if you're if you're kind of at the home screen and when you turn the thing on and again you're like in this like. Um, you know, this cave house, and there's and it's it's honestly very cool. And if I had all the technology to show you today on the screen myself, I would. But just trust me on this; it really immerses you into this this land, and it's really fun. You can look down at your hands, and you can see it's really cool. And they got games like Iron Man, where you can fly around and shoot things. You got they got games, scary games that kind of like you're in this dark room, and then something jumps out. I don't even like playing those games; anymore. It scares me terribly. Where I'm just taking it off and going, you know, to pray or something like that, you know. And then there's all these sports games. You can play football. You're on the the football field. You're one of the NFL quarterbacks and you're, you know, hike the ball. It's really amazing what you can do. And there's one game, um, there's some boxing games you can do where you're fighting, things like that. But the problem is, is, sometimes people get so into this and it feels so real to them that you can hurt themselves. I've seen Donald. My son, Donald Boxing, and sometimes, I, he been, he punched, I think he punched Dan once by accident. Dan was sitting on the couch, and again, you can't see anything but what's on the screen. So you're like in a house, but you think you're in a boxing ring, you're jumping around. And I think Dan got punched in the head, you know? And uh, I think the staircase got punched once, too, by accident. So I have a video I want to show you of some, of some people, just to kind of give you a feel of what it's like, of people maybe getting a little too immersed into the virtual reality, okay? So let's, let's watch this just about a minute long. Don't drive and do virtual reality. (laughs) Oh, I love it. No, but you can see people get very immersed in these things. The one that I did, it's like a plank. You get, you're there, and you, you, uh, you're, you're kind of a busy street corner, and there's a doorway on this big. You're in this big city. And there's a room you go in. And there's an elevator. And you, can, you can walk right in. And you can, like, kind of rope off a big spot. So you can actually walk around, like, a big room, and you feel like you're there. It's, it, I did one as a Jedi, like, like Darth Vader. I felt like I was, like, living Star Wars. It was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. I'm a nerd, man. I thought it was great. But this elevator, when you get in this elevator, it brings you up to the top of this building, and the door's open, and there's a small, tiny platform in front of you. And this is a perfect idea. And, like, right off the edge of the building is this skinny wooden plank. And what you really can do to make it actually fun for, for VR is you get an actual piece of wood about this long, that's long, and you put it on, on your living room floor. So when you're looking at the VR and you step on this plank, it's only got a little bit of room, and you, you, you start walking out on this plank, and, it, and you look down, and there's, you know, oh my goodness, 80 stories up in the air, and it's not real. You're literally like an inch off the ground. But because of this virtual reality, it just feels real. You're immersed in something that feels so real, almost believable at times, as you can see people running into walls and punching and things like that and being scared and throwing stuff off. Nothing's going to hurt you besides yourself, but nothing on that screen in that virtual reality is going to hurt you because none of it is real. There's real awe. You saw that old guy just amazed by it. You see the fear of that guy, you know, that girl throwing it off and, and the kid jumping into the TV, and, and everything feels so real, but, but you're standing in your living room. That's what it is. And isn't it sad that we often walk through our lives with the same type of vision? We see something, and we look at the world, we look at ourselves, we, we look at life, and, and we believe in something that's not real. We, ser- we see the world that we live in as something that it's not, as something that can deliver us real joy and real Peace. We, we, we see ourselves a different way than God sees us. Oftentimes we're so self-deprecating. We think we're worthless, useless, unable to be used by God because of our past or because of our sin or whatever it may be. And we see something and believe in something that's not real. We see the earthly things of this world as something that can actually fulfill us. Relationships, jobs, money, things, whatever it may be, fill in the blank for whatever you desire we end up living in this false reality. We must have, church, next level vision. Real vision. So how, how can I, Donald, Donald? how can I have... I don't want to see the world for something it's not. I want to see for what it really is, what, what the Lord says. it is. I, I want to see myself how God sees me. I, I want to have that next level vision. How can I? Well, I've got three things this morning. We're going to go right through them, and we're going to be through. Number one, we have to see the world for what it really is you have to see the world for what it really is we live on planet earth don't we we live here we're alive we have families we have and and but the tr- we live in the world we live here but often like i said we see the world for something that it's not we forget that Even though we may believe it, that God created the world for a purpose, for a reason, and we see the world for something it's really not, if we want to have next-level vision, we have to see the world for what it really is. What did Jesus see when he looked out at the world? Matthew 9 has Jesus up on a hill, looking out, the Bible says, at the multitudes. And this is what he says in Matthew 9, 36. It says, but when he saw the multitudes, all the people, all the thousands of people from that hillside, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted, as in they weren't really, they didn't really get it. They were, they were sleeping, they they, they were spiritually asleep and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. They didn't understand their purpose. They didn't really know what they were looking for. They were just kind of wandering, and that's what Jesus saw when he looked At the world. How is the world? What is the world really, Don? What are you talking about? How can I see the world for what it really is? Can I remind you, church, this world we live in is a lost world. Seeking for something. Seeking for purpose. Seeking for fulfillment. Seeking for something to fill that empty void in the heart of every human being on earth. Craving something. Peace, joy. Trying to find a way. But the world is lost. They don't know that Jesus is the answer. We live in a lost world. And such were some of you before you met Jesus. Trying to fill that void in your heart with anything else, whether it be addictions uh, or alcohol or or relationships or whatever, money, whatever it may be. We know the answer now, but the world often doesn't. The world is looking for it in in all the wrong places, looking in the wrong place for the right thing, for purpose. For hope, the world we live in is lost. The world we live in, though beyond that, is it's, it's a very broken world. We know the story of the beginning of time when God created a perfect world, didn't He? But sin through Adam and Eve crept into the world and began to break apart the very fabric of what God had made. Because we made it because man made a choice to go against God, and it continues to this day. We live in a broken world, and, and every single day, every one of us in some way are affected by the brokenness of this world. Maybe it's a health difficulty. That's part of the brokenness of this world. Maybe it's uh, trials and, 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 and problems and struggles. It's all part of the brokenness of this world. I, I spent yesterday, yesterday morning at the, um wake services for a very prominent member of our community of the Dennis Yarmouth community uh coach Paul Funk Dr. F- Paul Funk has been part of the DY district for over 20 years coaching the football teams and the baseball teams and 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 just pouring his life into the Dennis Yarmouth community into some of the lives even in this room today and 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 last saturday was coaching uh, his son's baseball practice or baseball game and at 51 years old dropped dead of a heart attack. Just just awful, devastating. Devastating, yes, number one for the family and for the friends, but devastating for a community that looked up to this man who was a great man. I I had many conversations with him. Uh, uh, My family's known him for, for years. Just an awesome guy, a good family man. His kids went to school out uh, past the bridge, and he was just getting ready to, to kind of retire from Dennis Yarmouth and, and kind of work back where his family lives so he can have more time with them. Just all these great things that were kind of still a lot of life I had for him. And the brokenness of this world affected this family. I walked through yesterday, I was there, and they had a gigantic American flag hanging by a fire truck right there in the D.Y. parking lot and in the middle of the football field where he spent so many, countless hours uh, pouring into the lives of young people. It was a tent with a casket inside and a family broken, being affected by the brokenness of this world. I saw a young 13-year-old boy who just lost his dad, and I looked at that, and I'm telling you, it just, it moved me. It put things into perspective. And guess what I saw? I saw the brokenness of a lost world. So, the brokenness of a lost world, I saw people all around me hundreds of people broken, hurting, a community in shock, wondering. We have to see the world for what it really is it's broken. We like to blame God for bad things in life sometimes. Why would God let this happen? Listen, the world is a broken place. God is our firm foundation. We can stand solid in a broken world on him. He will not fail us. The world will fail us. Yes, he won't fail us ever. The world will fail us. The world is a loss and it's broken. It's unfulfilling. It won't give you what you want. It won't give you what your soul desires. If we want to have next level vision, we have to see the world for what it really is. What else though? We have to also not just see the world for what it really is, but we have to see, you have to see yourself for who you really are. You have to see yourself for who you really are. The scriptures say in Romans 3, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. May we be reminded every day that, yes, we are not perfect people. We are sinners saved by grace. We are not perfect. We never will be. We may continually uh, grow closer to God and more like Him as we, as we rest in Him and believe on Him and let His love pour through us. But we will never be perfect. We will always be sinners. The Bible says on our own, in our own goodness, in our own good deeds, we can never have eternal life in heaven Based on what we do, it's only about what He has already done His death on the cross, His resurrection. He paid for our sins on the cross. That's Jesus. But us, we gotta see ourselves who we really are. We are sinners. We are broken people. We talk about the brokenness of this world. We are broken people. We have flaws. We're imperfect. We can be jerks. We can be impatient. We can be selfish. Uh, uh, we can be lustful. Fill in the blank. We are not perfect. We are needy. And by the way, contrary to what the world talks about us, I don't need anybody. I can do this. I'm strong. I'm independent. And I'm all for some of that in in the right context. But the truth is, we should be glad to be needy. We we should be completely okay. I I don't mean needy like always ask for hands. I'm talking about being not independent, but being fully dependent on him. I can be a jerk, but by the grace of God, I can have patience. Uh, I can be selfish, but by the grace of God in me, flowing through me, I can put others' needs before my own. Not me, because in my flesh, Donald Savini will always choose Donald Savini first. And the same goes for you. I don't care how nice of a person you naturally are. The truth is, at the, at the, at the core of all of us, we can be selfish. When we choose others before us, that's the grace of God working in us. We have to see ourselves for who we really are. Because the second we think any goodness in us comes from us, that's when pride comes in. And we won't even see it coming. Listen, we have to see ourselves for who we really are. We are needy, and that's okay. I know. I need God. Every day, every moment, I need His grace flowing through me or I will not be the father or husband or pastor or man that He created me to be. I want to be the man that God created and wants me to be. And you should... As a Christian, as someone who knows Jesus, desire to be the person that God has made you to be, to fulfill the purpose that God has given to you. That should be your desire, your craving, your purpose, your priority in life. And it will only come by seeing yourself for who you really are, a needy, lost, broken person that God has grace for, overflowing grace. You think, well, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not enough. You know, of course we're not enough, but he is enough. And that's the beauty of it. He fills us up, not the world, not anything else. We're lost, we're broken, yes, we're needy, but you know what? Beyond all those things, we are chosen. We are chosen. We are loved. We are created for purpose. The scriptures, yes, say, for all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. That doesn't sound like very good news, but the scriptures also say in Ephesians 2 we are his workmanship. We are his creation, like a potter that molds the clay into what he wants it to be. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works for good works, to do great things for him. That's why we're created, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God has had plans for you since before the day you were born. You are his workmanship. You are chosen, not forsaken. The song says, I am who you say I am. Not what the world says I am. Not what I think I am. But I am who Jesus says I am. I'm his child. I am loved by him. We need to see ourselves for who we really are. That's next level vision. Daily reminding ourselves, I need him. I'm needy, that's okay. I'm broken. I'm lost. I often choose myself first. But Jesus chose me. He died for me. I'm his child. I need his grace and he gives it freely. And when we start living that way and seeing ourselves for who we really are, guess what? In turn, we'll see the world for what it really is. Because our selfishness will be replaced with compassion and love. Our impatience will be replaced with actual God-given patience. Uh, uh, um, Our our pride will be replaced with humility, desiring to serve others before ourselves. And we're going to start seeing the world not as something that's out to get us or that's going to fulfill all of our needs, but we're going to see the world as a place, yes, that we live and we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And we're in the world, yes, to serve the uh, the people through the love of Jesus Christ. They are lost and needy. It can't give me what I want. God gives me that, but then I can pour that love and grace into the people all around me. We see the world for what it is. We see ourselves for who we are. And lastly, how do we have next level vision? By seeing Jesus for who He really is. Seeing Jesus for who He really is. He's not just. He's not just a story. He's not just a Sunday school lesson. For many of us, he's not just someone we grew up with. You know, just like, I mean, I I still love eating hot dogs and beans because I did it since I was, you know, six years old. I could eat them every day. I love it, man. But but that's not that important, is it? I grew up in church, too. I grew up going to Sunday school. I grew up uh, going to youth group. Jesus is not just something I grew up with, just kind of part of who I am just because that's what I've always known. No, no, Jesus is my Savior. John 14, we read it, we preached about it a few months back. Jesus said to his disciples uh, in John 14 and verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's everything. He is our savior. He is our healer. He is enough for us. He's the answer to all of life's questions. That's who Jesus is. That's who he is. He is what we truly desire, even when we don't understand it, even when we don't realize it. He is what you need. He's what you need every moment of every day. He's what every one of us need. He's the way. He's the truth. He's The life. When you see Jesus clearly, listen, when you see Jesus clearly for who he really is, my Savior, my healer, my creator, he's all I need. When you see Jesus clearly, you'll see yourself and you'll see everybody else, the whole world, more clearly too. John 16, Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. Not the world, not in yourself, but in me you might have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. In the world, you'll have trouble. In the world, you'll have problems. In the world, you won't be fulfilled. In the world, you won't find purpose. In the world, you'll find trouble. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus says. I have overcome the world. That's Jesus. It all goes together. It all goes together. That's who he is. May we not walk through life... Like that virtual reality, kind of just looking around like, wow, this is awesome. This is amazing. When all we're doing is sitting in our living room and we're just missing it, we're thinking everything is what it really isn't. It's about Jesus. See Jesus for who he really is. Think about it. It all goes together. When you see Jesus for who he really is, he loves you. He died for you. He rose for you. He gives grace to you. You have an enemy. I could have had another point. See the enemy for who he really is. There's someone out to get you. There's someone that's trying to lie to you, that's lying to you constantly, telling you that you don't need him, telling you that you can do it on your own. That's the lies of the enemy. We remember that as well. But Jesus, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that are weary, that are heavy laden, that are tired, that are broken, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus says. See Jesus for who? He really is. We must have next-level vision. Do you want it, church? Do you want that next-level vision? Do you want to to walk through life seeing things how God sees them? I know I do. Every message that we have in this series, I'm going to do my best to have with it at the end. Kind of a next-level challenge. Something to put into practice what you hear today. Because it's very easy, church, I've been there, to send in a message, to sing, in a, to sing out in worship, and to sit in a message and listen to the preacher preach and say, Wow, that was a pretty good message. That was really nice. I feel like I learned something. And then you walk out the doors, you forget all about it. I don't even remember what I preached last week, oftentimes. So, what I'm going to try to do each week is give you a challenge, something for you to write down, something for you to think about, and try to put into practice this next level vision this week. And make it a habit, make it something that's part of who you are. So what is it for this week? Next level vision challenge. Number one, try to look at people like Jesus does. By the way, I'm going to remind you, this is not always fun. Okay, Because all of you have an annoying coworker that bothers the fire out of you. And you don't want to look at them like Jesus does because if you do, you're going to know you have to have compassion on them. Look at people like Jesus does. For real, I mean it. You, you all, most of us probably have neighbors pretty close by unless you live out in the country and there's no one around you. But most of us have neighbors I want you, when you get home and you pull in your driveway, look at the house next door and think, does that person know Jesus? If that person died today, where would they go? Would they go to heaven? Would they go to hell? Uh, is that person, wh- what are they facing right now? And start to look at people like Jesus does. That co worker that you just want to avoid at all costs, that just is really irritating to you, that never gets in trouble for things that they should get in trouble for, I, whatever, I could probably give a bunch of examples. How about you, next time you're around them, just pretend. That Jesus is right there with you. How would Jesus Jesus be like, I can't believe that, Jerk. (sighs) Would Jesus be saying, wow, that person, man, I hope they get there soon. No. No, Jesus has compassion. No, I'm not saying that people shouldn't get in trouble for things that they do wrong. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is Jesus has grace and compassion and love. Try to look at people like Jesus does. Your neighbors, your coworkers, sometimes even family. That guy that's tailgating you on 28 that you want to just slam on your brakes so he has to too. Look at him like Jesus does. Everybody is a person with a soul. Ooh, I don't even like to remind myself of that sometimes because I can get kind of cold hearted. Every person that you walk by this week, at the mall, at the store, is a person that Jesus loves, that he died for, that he died for. He died for them too. So look at people like Jesus does. Look at yourself this week. ask God, To remind you of who you are, but also of who you are in Christ. It's often good, uh, shame and guilt are of the enemy. We should not live being ruled by guilt and shame. But regret, on the other hand, regret can be a healthy grace. I look back at mistakes I made, sins I committed, things that I should not have done, and I regret them. But with that regret comes a hope that Jesus has delivered me from those things. He has brought me out of that. So yes, I can look back and say, I can't believe I did those things. I'm so glad that God has brought me to this point now by his grace. So remember, yes, who you were, not in guilt and shame, but of how God has brought you to where you are. Look at yourself this week. Ask God to remind you of who you are and who you are in Christ. I'm his child. I'm loved by him. When you start to feel self-deprecating and like, I'm worthless, I'll never amount to anything, I'll never do this, I'll never do that, what, fill in the blank, remember that you are chosen, not forsaken. The song says, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Remember that. Look at yourself. Say, God, remind me of who I am. Speak truth to me, Lord. And lastly, I want you to maybe, maybe get your Bible out and read John 18 and 19, we went over it on Palm Sunday, John 18 and 19. That's the passage. It's in all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then also John. But that's when Jesus went to the cross. And maybe it would do us well to read John 18 and 19, and maybe the Gospel of Luke passage where Jesus went to the cross, and the Gospel of Mark passages where Jesus is arrested and tried and beaten and persecuted, and the Gospel of Matthew when it tells about Jesus' crucifixion. And maybe it would be good for us to read that and remember what he did, for us. Remember what Christ did for you. Who he really is. He did all that for you. Train your heart, your eyes, your mind to have the vision of Jesus Christ. It's next level vision. See the world as Jesus sees it. See yourself as Jesus sees you. And then look at the cross in your mind's eye. See your Savior hanging there, dying for you, and be forever changed. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again and we'll see you next week.